0: What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of Show.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore 8. It is Thursday, December 28th, one day until the 2023 AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup between the Memphis Tigers and the Iowa State Cyclones. And you know what that means, folks? Going to be joined by John Farlis from the Memphian. Olympian to talk all things Memphis football ahead of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup with Iowa State. Again, I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of themitchdavisshow.com. Podcast host of The Mitch Davis Show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore eight want to welcome a regular now, an annual regular on the Mitch Davis Show podcast, my good buddy, good friend, John Varlas from the Daily Memphian. John, how you doing? And It's AutoZone Liberty Bowl week. Hey, what's going on, Mitch? Yeah, it's an uh, annual
1: guest. We need to make that at least uh, semi-annual, uh, <laughs> in 2024, but I'm, ha- I'm happy to talk to you as always, buddy.
0: Man, we we actually, we really did need to do that, but let's, uh, let's talk about this. How was Christmas? How was, uh, how's the ball prep going for you?
1: Well, Christmas is wonderful, or Christmas was wonderful. You got to, uh, just spend some downtime and rest more, more than anything after a busy, uh, Busy high school football season, and it you know it was it was busy right up till the end because we had a team win the state championship. So, you know, got got some good rest, got some uh, had some fun, got some good gifts, ate some, ate some good food, and uh, and yeah, but like you say, now it's Liberty Bowl week, and that's that's uh, always exciting here in Memphis uh, to see um, you know for our for our bowl game here. I mean, it's a it's a tradition; it's sixty five years old. It's a, it's a great game. The Liberty Bowl folks do a great year every year putting on a show and, and making the teams feel honored and welcome to be here. And, and I'm excited to be a teeny-tiny part of it, covering the game on
0: Friday. This year seems to be a little different. As people may or may not know, uh, the University of Memphis, the hometown team, is playing in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl against Iowa State Cyclones. Talk about that and what that means to the city of Memphis to have the Memphis Tigers in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Well, I, I think it means a lot. I mean, you you know,
1: the, the counter argument is always going to be, well, these, these guys play six or seven games in that stadium every year, anyway. So, um, so how how is it a treat for them? Uh, but you know, but they you know, they still get wined and dined, you know, as if they were coming in from out of town. They still you know, they still take part in all the events, and you know, and, and in Memphis' case, this year, it's 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 really a validation of the of the successful season they had. You know, going nine and three during the regular season. Um, you know they missed out on on a conference championship obviously uh, but you know this is still a really good reward for their success and um, you know so I'm I'm excited to see the Tigers I think they're going to be motivated for the game too because you know this is a chance to to get you know not only 10 wins and finish the year 10 and 3 um, you know, which is something Memphis Tiger football has hardly ever done, get to the 10 win mark. But, you know, their, their chance to, to finally be a, a power five opponent this season, they had some chances this year, came, came close, but no cigar. But, you know, they got that chance coming up on Friday, and I think they're going to be super motivated too, to show what they can do.
0: Before we talk about the matchup itself, I do want to ask you, because Harold Grader came on the podcast several weeks ago and when, uh, when they first announced the University of Memphis would be an autism Liberty Bowl and said that a high-ranking Big 12 official will be at the game doing some scouting and that kind of thing. Talk about that, because the mantra has been Protect the 901. Talk about the opportunity not only the University of Memphis has, but the fans as well to show out to the Power 5 conference that they belong.
1: Well, I hope the fans do show out because I I, I covered the I covered the the uh, game the last time Iowa State was here back in two thousand and seventeen uh, and you know those folks there there was maroon and and yellow all over the stadium. The folks from Iowa came, they traveled they traveled really well in two thousand and seventeen, and I expect it to be the same this year. so. So, as, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm a Memphis Tiger fan, I, I, want, I want, you know, at least half that stadium to be filled with blue as well. So that, um, so that you're right, so that the stadium can look good on television. And, uh, you know, and you're right, this is a chance to impress whomever may be watching. Um, you know, put a good crowd in the stands, play a good game. I mean, certainly it's not going to be the, the only determining factor of, of what conference Memphis goes into. And it, and it might not be a factor at all, but it certainly can't help to look
0: good on national television and play, play good against the power five opponent as well. You know, before we talk about the matchup, I I kind of follow up to that. What does Memphis have to do to get to that next level? I know you and I have talked about this privately, but kind of publicly, what does university of Memphis have to do to get to that next level?
1: I don't know, buddy. It's it's really hard because you look at some of the teams that have gotten into the, into the power five conferences, the, the Central Floridas and the the SMUs and and the Cincinnati's of the world, you know, even going back, you know, even going back several years to schools like Louisville, you know, those those teams were, you know, for a long time, they were on Memphis's level and, you know, in, in a lot of seasons, uh, in a lot of ways, Memphis was superior to those programs a lot of the time. So, um, for whatever reason, it's just, it's just not happened for Memphis yet. I know they've done the things academically to, uh, Improve the university, you know, with the um, with the status they have on the academic side now. So that's that's big. You know, and the success that some of these other programs, um, you know, some of these other minor programs at the school are having, men's soccer, women's soccer, for example. Um, You know, if Coach Simmons could ever get the the women's basketball team going, that would certainly help. And, you know, the two two big teams, uh, men's basketball and football, you know, they've done really, really well here lately. I mean, I saw somebody posted a graphic uh, just the other day. There's only one school in the country that's won. 500 basketball games in the last 20 years and has a 10-year consecutive bowl streak. And I know that's, you know, kind of cherry-picking the numbers, but that's cool as Memphis, and that that says a lot to what they're doing over there. We're going
0: to talk about the matchup now. Looking at this Iowa State team, they're, you know, your typical, kind of your Big 12. They like to ground. They like to pound it. Uh, Talk about how Memphis matches up with the Cyclones and how you expected the matchup on Friday afternoon.
1: Well, you know, I agree. Line of scrimmage uh, play is going to be key, like it always is. You know, uh, uh, one of the great high school coaches here in in Memphis, uh, Coach Rodney Salisbury at Whitehaven, he always says. You know, everything starts up front, and that's true. Everything starts up front with the with the big guys. You know, can they protect Seth Inningan? Can they uh, can they block well enough to, to generate some semblance of a running game? Because I think you're going to have to do that. Um, and you know, I know we, I know Memphis has had some uh, a couple of defections on that offensive line. I know Jacob Whites from from. Uh, Christian Brothers is he going to play I can't remember
0: I know he declared that he was going to try for the NFL but I can't remember I can't He's remember either it. well and they had and, and, but I know for sure they've had a
1: couple of guys that went into the world so they're definitely not going to be there but um, so if they can you know if, they can, if they're able to for lack of a better. a uh, work were patched together uh, some good offensive line play, I, I, I really think they have a chance. Like you say, Iowa State's going to be big, strong, physical, and, and they're certainly going to be well coached. I really like Matt Campbell as a head coach. And, and, you know, a lot of times when I see some of these jobs opening up, some of these quote-unquote bigger jobs, I wonder why Matt Campbell is not considered for these jobs because I think, you know, the job he's doing in a place like James Iowa is really, really impressive. So, You know, they're going to be well-coached. They're going to come in here uh, and play hard physical football, like you said, and and they're going to have plenty of fans. So uh, I think this game is certainly there for the tanking, but I I definitely think it
0: starts up front. A couple more questions I have for you. I want to ask you about Ryan Silverfield in particular. There's been a lot of grumbling and a lot of
1: conversation,
0: you know, necessary, unnecessary from Tiger fans about – the unhappiness with how Ryan Silverfield and his Tigers team has won games, but they continue to win. Talk about that and, and really just talk about how far Memphis football has come as a reminder to the Memphis football fans. Well, it, it's, it's interesting because when, when the basketball team
1: beats uh, beats Vanderbilt the other day, it, it, you know, barely they, they barely beat a, a subpar Vanderbilt team. It's like, oh well, when well, is a win? You know, you got to get those wins. And, <laughs> but the, the same grace doesn't seem to be extended for the, for the football program. And, and I, I don't I don't really understand it. Um, all wins are important. And, and that's the goal, whatever you line up to play, is to have more points or runs or, or goals than, than your opponent. I mean, that's the goal. And, and however you get there, you know, really doesn't matter as long as you got that W at the end of the day. And that's what Ryan Silverfield's doing, man. I mean, this is a place that has perennially been, been, uh, you know, football's perennially been an afterthought. It's it's, it's a program for a long time that just couldn't get out of its way. It made bad hires. You know, it just suffered through the doldrums, and and things really started to turn around with, with Justin Fuente. Of course, Mike Norvell took it to its... It's highest level ever with that Cotton Bowl season, and and now, you know Justin. I mean uh, Ryan Silverfield. I, I think he's doing a good job maintaining. You know, ten, 10 bowls in a row it is nothing to sneeze at. Even though there's way more bowls now than there ever are, still nothing to sneeze at. It's still something you can hang your hat on as a as a coach and as a program. And I think Ryan Silverfield's doing a a fine job. This is this is bottom line, uh, Mitch. This is just not an easy place to win. You know, you're surrounded by SEC schools. Your facilities, even though they've been upgraded, aren't are to the level of the schools around here. Um, you're dealing with uh, nil money that's not as big as is not as much as, as what's you know given to other schools in the area. It, it's just tough all the way around. And I think Kurt Silverfield's doing a great job. I think some of the criticism he came in for this season was uh, was unfounded. And, and, and I'm kind of glad at the end of the year, he kind of fired back a little bit because at the end of the day, he's doing a really good job in a program where nine and threes should be celebrated. If you look back through the history of Memphis football, you're not going to see a lot of nine and threes or, or better. And that, that's just the way it is. This isn't Alabama what we're talking about. This is Memphis. Nine and three is something to be proud of, always.
0: Last question I have for you, and uh, I don't think I asked you this last year at the Autos and Liberty Bowl, but I wanted to. Give me your favorite memory of the Autism and Liberty Bowl through your years of not only covering it, but also being around it going to the game. What has been your favorite memory so far of the Autism and Liberty Bowl? <laughs> my, my, my favorite memory
1: is actually kind of sad and pathetic when I was in high school at the uh, 1985 Liberty Bowl. I was 17 years old. Uh, Baylor played LSU. I somehow managed to get a date with uh, with this girl at my high school that I was just madly in love with, and I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And we just sat in the stands, uh, and I just sat in the stands freezing all night long, and didn't get so much as a handshake when the when the night was over. So very, very, <laughs> very sad sad tale of uh, high school puppy dog love there at the 1985 Liberty Bowl. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> I think that might be one of the most Awesome random memories you can ever think of for the autos and Limbers. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. He is John Varless and the Daily Memphian. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, find all of your amazing work and follow you on Twitter. Well,
1: you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at John Varlas, and uh, you can visit the uh, the Daily Memphian's Twitter page. Our website. Um, please, if you if you like any of our, our sports coverage, particularly the, the high school coverage, the stuff that I do, uh, you know we're going to be cranking it up again, hot and heavy after New Year's. So, uh, so consider subscribing. Um, we, we do really good work. I think I do some pretty solid work myself. So, give us a chance if, if you're if you want to know what's going on here uh, locally.
0: He's humble. He is John Varless. I will say this before we get off the record. Even though I live in Mississippi, I still subscribe to the Daily Memphian, so go check out all of John's work there at the Daily Memphian, the best in the business. John, thank you so much. Well, You're
1: the man, Mitch, and we appreciate, you. we appreciate your subscription, buddy. Thanks,
0: buddy. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of TheMitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of The Mitch Davis Show. Very special thank you to our guest, John Forrest from the Daily and for joining me on the Mitch Davis Show podcast. Thoughts all things Memphis football ahead of the 2023 AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup with the Iowa State Cyclones. Exciting times to be a Memphis football fan. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore 8.